my belief is if you try to appease any everyone, you appease no one, right? So being very specific and in, in, in calling out specific tracks that you wanted to go help. And it's either one of two things, the way I looked at it is what are you passionate about? What do you believe in the most that you want to go market or brand? Or what do you have the most results connected to? Hello, entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Laura L. Bernhard. Welcome back to the Marketing Bound Podcast, where we offer inbound marketing tips to get you more traffic, more leads, and more success. This week is a different kind of episode. I interview Ken O'Connick to discuss how inbound marketing strategies helped him build multiple successful businesses. We discuss relationship management, personal branding, leadership values, and the components of an effective website. If you've been doubting your inbound marketing efforts, this episode is for you. People doubt inbound marketing initiatives because the results aren't immediate, but this episode is proof that they work. So listen to this episode until the very end and subscribe to the Marketing Bound Podcast. Hi, Ken. Thank you so much for being on the Marketing Bound podcast. Hi, thanks. I'm so excited to be on your podcast today. I know. I'm so excited too. So for everyone listening, I know Ken because we we work together. Yeah. We've had a few conversations and we realized that we both had a love for podcasts and that Ken, as the marketing expert that he is, I was like, oh my gosh, wait a minute. I'm like, you have to come on my podcast. So Ken has a lot yeah. of knowledge to share. And yeah, super excited. And I just want to dive in. So I want everyone to know that you have a very elaborate entrepreneurial past. You have a lot of businesses to this day and you have a job and so many things happening. So I want to backtrack. Tell me what was your first business? Uh, so that's such a challenging question, right? <laughs> and and you don't even know the answer to this. So you're, no. you're going to laugh. But like my first business if you really were to count it is it was back to like when I was like 11 years old and I, my parents, I really, so like a neighborhood, I grew up in a neighborhood. I lived in a very, very like rural area. So it was very safe. And it was like, there was like a neighborhood group of kids and we really wanted a trampoline, right? Like that was the thing when you were like 11 year old, you wanted a trampoline, right? So my dad being the amazing dad and leader he was, he got like, I started going around the house, like houses, like doing like yard work, picking up rocks, like plucking weeds, like whatever it was to make money. Cause I was like, I'm buying a trampoline. But my dad, he just did the coolest thing is there was an opportunity to buy a couple lawnmowers. And he told me that he would buy them and then I could pay him back. And then I could get my friends to mow lawns with me. And I would get a percent of what they mowed in lawns if I owned the lawnmower. And so we just started mowing lawns. And so at 11 year old, I had three lawnmowers and we mowed lawns. And in one summer, we got the trampoline for the next summer. So I would probably say that was like, like my first, first job or my first, first business. But then I would say my true like real life world first business was um, I became a personal trainer running my own personal training business right after high school at like 19 years old, uh, where it was like an official business where I like paid taxes, IRS. So I don't know if someone's going to come after me for what the money I made for cash deals back when I was 11 mowing lawns. But so two part answer, I guess you could say. I did not know that story about your lawn mowing business, but that was so awesome of your dad. So many lessons that you must have learned 
the fact that yeah. you were taking a percentage off of your employees and like the whole, damn, that's a good lesson to learn at 11. Yeah. And I started with three and I think if I remember correctly, cause like I stopped right after high school cause I got, a, had a scholarship and I was leaving. And so I sold all of them. I think I had nine by the time that when I so, like graduated high school. So you grew your business. Tried to. Yeah. My dad was a huge part in helping that obviously, but it was really all I got to do was just like meet friends and, you know, have like get really good tans and be outside in the summer in Alaska, which you want to take full advantage of every second. And so, yeah. <laughs> Okay. Well, you mentioned Alaska and everyone's like, what? You live in Alaska? So I'm just going to give them, give them a moment. <laughs> but yes, I already knew that. Ken yeah. does live in Alaska. It's pretty awesome. If you have questions for him, reach out to him on LinkedIn. He would definitely yeah. chat to you about Alaska, but he has great stories from that. So everyone knows. <laughs> um, I think it's pretty amazing that you grew your business. Um, really like that you emphasize wanting tens and that's why you did it. <laughs> So like, let's move on to your first official, and I'm air quoting here for everyone who's listening, sure. official business. So what made you decide to start into training? Probably because you loved athletics and yeah. did you see yeah. a need? No, by no means did I see a need. I was not that thoughtful. It very much was, I was motivated to be in shape and healthy and the story kind of goes behind that when I was younger, it was a couple of things is my dad uh, has really bad diabetes. And I was told at like 14 years old that the chances of uh, male um, passing it off to their son, right? So like the genetics of me or the hereditary gene was like a 95% that I was going to be a diabetic. And I was like, so 5% means that I don't. So like, what do I need to do that? And so becoming active, being coming healthy was ultimately one of my most important goals at that point. And we didn't have a lot of money as a, as a kid growing up. And so getting a gym membership was like completely out of the question. And so I found out when I was 16 years old, I could get a job at a local gym and get a free gym membership. So it literally was just a, a decision through, you know, personal benefit to be healthy, to not, you know, prove a doctor wrong about getting diabetes. And then also to, uh, trying to get the most bang for your buck and getting a free gym membership. And so started in the gym doing that. And then through that, I got to meet personal trainers and they were like happy and athletic and they were getting to like engage with all these employees or members at the gym. And what was really cool about what I found like them is they got really fun relationships with all these cool people at the gym that I really enjoyed just talking with at like the front desk and stuff. And so I was like, I want to do that. I want to be a personal trainer. And it also fit to my, my needs as I was a terrible, like, you know, student. So like school was a huge challenge for me and I could go get like this, like certification and then start training people. And so I was like done. And so, um, that's what led me down that path. I love that because oh, this reminds me of, you know, how every like 16, 17 year old, we're all like confused. What do we do? And then your parents are like, they're kind of pushing something on you. And it seems like your parents were just like, no, we fully support you. Do what you need to do. Right. So follow-up question. Okay. This is how you get into training. How do you start your own business? Yeah. So that one's a really funny part of how that led into it because like very quickly when I became a trainer, 
and I come on as a trainer and, you know, I pay for my own certification. I do my education. I do my shadow hours. So I do all this on my own. And then you might only thought at first is like, okay, well, I'm going to go get a job at the gym that I was working at the front desk at. And I went to it and they like hired me on. Like it was really like the easiest interview in the world. They're like, oh, you're certified. You got a heartbeat. Okay, yeah, well, you can be a trainer here. But I didn't realize that to be a trainer there, you had to sell yourself. You had to go engage in people. You had to... There was no system in place to be an employee, really. Like you had to go get clients, engage clients, help those clients, service those clients. So you're like doing the customer service, you're doing the sales, you're doing the collections because if if they don't pay the gym, you don't get paid. And I started looking at all these things and I was like, okay, so I have to do all these things to get paid as a trainer, but the gym is getting how much money and I'm getting just this little chunk, but I'm doing all the work to get it. It didn't make any sense. And so I started looking around, you know, trying to, this was pre-social media and stuff. So there wasn't a lot of influence from other people at the time. And I found out uh, that I could be a contract trainer and there was some gyms that would, you know, I just would pay like basically like a hairdresser fee, right? Where I'd pay a certain dollar per month to use their facility and then train people that way. And so I immediately made that transition. And like within a month, I was making more than I was making in like a summer of training before because all the money was coming my way. Obviously, there was a whole bunch of learning lessons of like, oh, wait, you have to pay taxes? Like that's like, there was all these different things that I had to face and learn in that journey. But that's what led to me just seeing that the opportunity to be my own boss versus let the gym be mine in that type of way. Okay. So that's... Because in that sense, you really didn't have to like do marketing in that way. It was more sales, like face-to-face that that's how you got your clients. Yeah, it was. I mean, your marketing was you, right? You were your own brand. You were in the gym working out. You were fit. You obviously practiced what you preached and you inspired others. So like your personal brand was your marketing. Obviously, that's something you hear about so much now in this day and age with social media and stuff like that. But like, it was just like your profile at the gym was your brand. And that's how you really got a lot of people. I mean, I got more people to sign up with personal training that just came up to me and asked me a workout question while I was working out myself than me going in like tapping people on the shoulder while they're running on the treadmill asking if they want a free personal training session. Yeah, that's awesome. So then, okay, but you now you also have another business. So talk to us about the, the supplements, right? Yeah. So, well, obviously, you know, if you're going to fast forward and I mean, so, you know, I've been working for myself now in the gym world for, I don't know, like 16 years. And I fortunately don't even train anymore. Obviously I just have created, that's a longer story. So we don't have to get into that, but uh, supplements really came in at the point of that. I really was inspired to help people, right. Get them results. I wanted to be known as a good personal trainer. And so in my opinion, if, if you trained with me for three months and you still look the same thing when you started, I was failing you. And what I really found out was that if you weren't actually changing the habits around the, all the time that you weren't in the gym, you weren't going to get the results that you wanted to get. Right. So I started looking into what could we do to help people outside of just training with me. And so I found a really awesome opportunity with a supplement company to create these meal plans and then sell supplements with it. And the the company would pay me through like an affiliate program, if you will. And 
be able to make residual income outside of just going to the gym, because that's the thing about the gym. Even if you own your own business and you're just training for yourself, if clients aren't showing up, you're not making money, right? So it's a, it's a time for dollar trade. And the nutrition plan for me was, uh, it was a win-win is I could make money in perpetuity, creating a plan once and then giving it to others. And then also to make residuals based on a consumable product, right? So if you have a protein shake, you eat a certain amount of protein on a monthly basis, you're going to keep ordering that protein, which then I can get residuals from that. And so, uh, and then also the, 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 the most major benefit of it all is I was actually helping people get even better results than I ever did before the ones that were doing nutrition plans versus wasn't. So it was a win, 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 if you will, you know, across the board with that. And, uh, yeah, it then sparked my second business. Okay. So all of that is still happening, but now you're focused on a new project. Yes. Okay. So tell us about beacon. Right. Right. So March 23rd, I know the exact day, uh, is when I started at Beacon Media and Marketing, and it is a marketing company. And you're like, wait, what? This fitness guy is doing marketing? Like, how does that happen? And it was two two different motivations for me that led me to go into marketing. One, some burnout to some stuff in the fitness industry, and wanting to spread, you know, my perspective and my experience to a different world because I I saw transferable parallels in what I'd learned in fitness and sought out their opportunity there in marketing. And the second, I just wanted a new challenge. You know, you do something long enough and you find some success, you know, and I wouldn't say that I'm ridiculously successful in the fitness world, but it's, it's, it's created success for me that I wanted a new challenge. I wanted to learn something new, push myself and get into a different realm and marketing because of all the personal marketing and through the businesses, marketing through that and helping other people, coaches, trainers do the same thing. I was like, I, I really want to get into this for a more business, you know, aspect of helping other people do that through their business. And so a year ago was, uh, started at beacon and it was the very first day of the pandemic, at least here in the Anchorage area or the Alaska area where the, the 23rd was the exact day that the first like stay in orders took place. It was funny enough as I was starting a new job at the our marketing company. And I was forced to close doors at our personal training studio because gyms, theaters, and entertainment centers were like closed down for no social gatherings, right? Because of the pandemic. And so I started this new opportunity, but then also was closing down one in a short term because of the situation. So it actually ended up being really beneficial. Crazy how things happen. On yeah. our side, it, everything closed March 13th. And I remember it's my grandmother's birthday. And that was the last time I saw her and gave her a hug. And oh, have you not given her a hug yet? Have you, have no. you seen her yet? I've seen her, oh but we always stay far away from each other. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because she was at risk. So we had to like be super careful. So I haven't hugged her yet, but I will. We're yes. planning on it next week. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So that's how I remember that was the last time. And then everything yeah. just went chaotic anyway. Okay. Yeah. Beacon. So if people don't know about Beacon. I just want, I'll, I'll put it in the show notes, the link to Beacon to show notes, Beacon Media and Marketing. Their results that they get for their clients is absolutely ridiculous. I'm still shocked at some of the things that I read on the website. I'm like, what, how do you even get that for a client? Mm-hmm. So you told us, okay, you're in training, you want a new challenge. Now you're in this marketing business. And I know for a fact, because we work together and I know your knowledge in marketing for someone who's been technically in a marketing agency for a year, a little over a year, uh, you know, a lot of marketing, 
you know a lot of strategies, you know, <laughs> you know a lot. And I want to know your secrets. <laughs> How do you know so much? Do you have like secret books that you can share with us or strategies that you uh, have that you just absorbed all this information like a sponge? I don't have any like silver bullet. I'll tell you that. Like, I, I'm sorry to disappoint. Oh, um, no, just we might as well just end the conversation. Yeah, here. <laughs> I know. Why did you invite me? Um, the, the things that I can tell you that have led to the somewhat of success that, you know, I've seen and, you know, fortunately Beacon as a company has seen is that we overcomplicate things way too much is the first thing. I think there's so much information out there, which I think is such an awesome thing, but I think we almost have a little bit too much paralysis by analysis in the given, you know, current of situations. And so what I have found in marketing is that it's really simple if you believe it is, and it's really complicated if you also believe it is. And so whatever you give energy to grows. And so what I decided when I came on the marketing company is I was going to learn how to relate to business owners, which fortunately enough, I was a business owner myself. So I could really relate to them too as well and speak to the most important thing that I think matters to all businesses is helping people, right? Because as a trainer, I was only successful as the amount of people that I helped. You know, as whatever business you own, if it's a product you're selling or a service you're selling, the better your product is at servicing people, the better your services at helping people is the best thing. And so that's really what I you know, dove into is, is how us as a marketing company can show how well we're at helping people. And through that, we started to just make connections of new businesses reaching out, finding out exactly how we could help them help their people or help their product help people and really showcase that. And... I really feel that all that led to one simple thing is, is leadership. And I think that everything rises and falls in leadership. And so I think the, the true success in it is being someone that's been a student of leadership for a long time. Even as I look back to being 11 year old, you know, leading two other people to mow lawns to where I am now is that that was transferable both internally in the company that I'm currently working with, but externally to the clients that we were helping and shifting their perspective on how they were servicing their clients or marketing their products. So what I heard from that, if I can summarize in like a sentence, sure. is that you dove in head first, number one, you yep. believe that you were able to do it. And then what you did is you focused on the needs of your business, of the businesses that you were helping. And that's it. That's how you, you kept it simple. Right. And and then you mentioned leadership. And my question for you is, do you believe that leadership is now one of the strongest marketing strategies that a company can have? I think I'm open for debate on marketing strategy as the phrase, but I think mm -hmm. it's one of the most important elements that business can have. Because I think if you have strong leadership in your business, it transfers into all aspects of business, both your marketing, your processes, your recruiting, the results that you provide. It, I think it transcends in all those things because I think that the level of leadership that you have or a business have increases or multiplies the, the benefits that you now provide through all those systems when you're looking at business. Is what I would and, say. Yeah. And I think that goes back to your example before is when you started at Beacon your simple mentality is probably now within the whole company. 
mm-hmm. right? So your leadership and your mindset, what you and the culture that you said in the company or in the agency, you've already seen an effect. Right. Do you believe that? Sorry, I cut you off. No, I just wanted to like, I just want to know that I'm working at a company of, you know, 21 people now, you know, we've hired 11 people on in the last year and it is an amazing company. The owners are amazing. They have so much experience. Like I brought in one aspect to already an amazing company and that's what's led to the success. I'm not the savant that came in (laughs) and like, just like totally revamp this company by any means. I just want to make sure that that's clear because uh, I do have amazing owners and I have an amazing team of people that are delivering on all Mm -hmm. these things. I'm just fortunately the sales guy that gets to meet with all the business people and sell products that our company does amazing results on and then gets to be a part of the the management of those accounts, making sure that we're achieving their goals. I just just want to make sure that we're clear on that. Yeah. Yes, it's the leadership of everyone, of all like the top management of your team, right? Mm -hmm. Because without that mentality, then it's, and this goes into my next question, it's, you can have like the best marketing strategy ever, but if you don't have that leadership in place, it's not going to work. Right. You agree with that, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Because like when you look at marketing, there's so many little nuances that come up that lead to decisions that you make in a business that if you didn't have the right perspective on leadership, you might be shooting yourself in the foot, right? I think one of a very important trait in leadership is changing your mind and being okay with it, right? Like, and owning that, you know, making a change for your business, you know, direction or a product or service that you're offering and making that change and being okay with that and owning that. You know, that's, in my opinion, something that a lot of people don't really talk about anymore. You know, they look at changing your mind as like, no, you got to double down. You got to commit. Like, I think changing your mind is really important. And then that obviously plays into your marketing or to patience, right? Having this ability to not be a prisoner of the moment and understand that it takes time sometimes for a good thing to happen and having the foresight to have the persistence to push through those things to achieve those things. So yeah, I mean, to your point, the simple answer, yes, absolutely. Okay. I want to, I want to talk more about Beacon because I know you guys get a lot of inbound leads. So I want to kind of use them as a use case for everybody listening. Everyone's listening is like, wow, I want to get a lot of inbound leads. I want to have really Mm -hmm. great results for my clients. So they're thinking, how can I replicate this? Mm. So I know a few strategies that you guys use, and that's like having the case studies on your website, having infographics. Can you go into more detail of the strategies you use on your website so that people are coming to you saying like, yes, here's my money, take it. Yeah. There's a lot of things that, again, I say simple, 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 but I would say there's probably five or six things that I think that we focused one on at a time, right? Until we started to see fruit from those labor, right? Being persistent and patient within those and then adding to it. I think it's really important when you are making changes to your business or you're wanting to increase more inbound leads, don't go change a whole bunch of things at once and then expect because you don't know what you changed and what led to a result, right? So again, knowing we know one thing at a time. And so one of the first things that we did at Beacon 
was really focus on specific verticals. My belief is if you try to appease any everyone, you appease no one, right? So being very specific and in, in, in calling out specific tracks that you wanted to go help. And it's either one of two things, the way I looked at it is what are you passionate about? What do you believe in the most that you want to go market or brand? Or what do you have the most results connected to, right? Because that part is really important. And I think that if you're passionate enough, but you maybe don't have the case studies or the results, you're going to inspire someone to say yes. And then if you can do a good job on what you've inspired them to do, then you can create the case studies, you can create the testimonials that then will then be feed that vacuum to be able to get clients. So I think that was one piece that was really, really important too on the website. Let's just own that you're selling something and speak in that language. I think a lot of times, especially because I talk to a lot of businesses that want to get marketing, is they're afraid to be too salesy on their website. And I think that there's really only two approaches you can have on a website that lead to successful inbound leads. Is either you don't sell anything and you are straight educational and informational, you're almost anti-sales. And what does that do? That leads to sales. I think we all know that. And then the second one, just own it and be salesy, have strong call to actions, have multiple different places that are leading to the next step that you are really good at what you do. And if they want to take advantage, they got to go sign up with you. And when you take that approach, it's amazing how much people feed into that and inbound leads increase. And I'll say the third thing I think that's really led to successful inbound traffic is knowing who you're not and also naming that. And so really calling out the kryptonite of maybe what other industries or competitors are, or two, doubling down on the things you're not and almost bragging about it. Because then again, that also qualifies you more for a specific audience, which then increases total inbound traffic. I would say is the three initial things that we did in the beginning. And then there's probably many more that we did after those three things. But I would say if you did those three things and spent like a month on each one, you'd be really amazed on how each one feeds into the other and grows your inbound traffic. I want to focus on that last one. Mm. (laughs) So doubling down on who you're not. Right. Can you give an example for everybody who's listening on how to do that? So let's say someone's listening, maybe they own a small agency or they're just an entrepreneur and they help, let's say it's marketing just because that's what we're talking about. They help others with their marketing. How do they determine what they are not? Well, in marketing, I think it's really fluid, right? There's a lot of different things that people can or cannot do. And so if you don't believe in radio anymore, or you don't believe in TV anymore, or ad buys, literally call that out, be cheeky with it, because that's going to one, eliminate people who want that thing that you don't want to go do anyways, right? So let's just save you some time and energy. Because it is a, in, in my opinion, and understand that this is all my perspective. There's probably people that totally are going to hear this and be like, "What is this guy talking about?" Granted, I only have a year of experience, right? So give you know. But I would argue you have more because you have other businesses, sure. right? But being a quote unquote marketer is you mm-hmm. know the last you know eighteen months almost at this point actually to get on a phone with someone and what they want to do is do like, they want to do some radio and they want to produce some commercials for an ad bot, like, you know, for, they want to do some different, you know, TV spots. If that's something you can do, but you're not super passionate or motivated at doing it, you, you either one are going to make the sale because you need to make money and, you know, make payroll or whatever, and not even really do a great job because you don't believe in it. 
Or two, you spend all your time trying to convince this person to go do Facebook ads, right? Or, you know, LinkedIn ads, and they don't even want to do that anyway. So, I mean, it's just, again, it's like knowing who you're not and really calling it out really qualifies you for who you are and will give more room for the people that should be calling you or the conversations you do want to be having around the services that you provide. That's a simple example that I would say in knowing who you're not and calling it out. I think other two is being cheeky, like I think, or having tact, or I think humor is such a powerful tool when used correctly. And I think if you can be fun about who you are and also laugh about who you're not and put that out there, that attracts people, right? People love that transparency. And when you do that in your own marketing and you put that on your website, people really do enjoy that. That's great. I think, and it's so important that you do identify what you're not. It's just, we don't spend enough time doing that. Mm -mm. We're always like, oh, we're this, we're that, we're great. But then we also have to be aware of like, no, we don't do that. We don't want to take on those clients because that's just going to cloud our, our journey, our growth of what we're trying to do. Super, super important. Right. And there's a lot of noise out there of a lot of people saying they are this, or they do like... I do not want to hear a single business owner say they're passionate about, you know, this. I'm like, everyone says they're passionate. What are you not passionate about? And again, that, that contrast attracts people. And Mm. so when you do that, then you now made yourself stand out in a different way versus everyone else. And I'll also say this, you know, connecting it to a leadership parallel is when you're trying to find someone, especially a younger person, say they're in their young 20s and they're trying to figure out who are they, right? That's such a hard question to answer. You yeah. know, it's a much easier question to answer. Who are you not? Because as you start to cross off the things that you're not, you start to create, you know, things that you are or find things that you are. And then you start giving energy and motivation to those things. So I would say the same exact role in marketing is define who you're not and you're going to figure out who you are just like you would in a leadership perspective on defining who you are as a person. Just be authentic, guys. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> that that was a great explanation of you have to be authentic. Like yeah. if, I, if anyone needed an explanation, that one was it. Okay, so Ken, for my last question here, I love what you told me the other day and I want you to leave this last tidbit to all the entrepreneurs, small business owners listening is you told me, (laughs) you told me business is business. So can you explain what you meant by that and why it's so important? Yeah. Business is business. Cause your question was right. The reason why I said that is how can you be only a year into this? Cause I think you were kind of like you and Matt both, I think Matt probably Matthew was probably more shocked than you were yeah, yeah, to find out that I'd only been in. He's like, wait, you guys have hired how many employees in the last yeah. year? And what were you doing before? And so my answer to business as business is that I'll use this quote is it's never the wrong thing to do the right thing. And so when it comes to how you attack business is you have to go help people. And I believe that in this world, this thing, money, you know, people want money, they want wealth, they want success. And I think success is, you know, dependent on the person, but money is a transfer of energy, right? And I think that the, the more energy you put into something that you have, that gives you energy, it becomes that vacuum. Like we talked about everywhere. And we have to be helping people because helping people 
feels so good. Giving feels so good. I use the example like at Christmas, do you like to get gifts or do you like to give gifts? And people always love to give gifts more than they like to get gifts, right? So in business, it's simple is you give more than you take. You go help more than you put into your own pocket and it makes it really simple. And so when you take that through a filter of leadership where you're trying to help your employees, you're trying to help your you know customers or your patrons or your prospects, and that's your entire focus is that, the energy, right? The transfer of energy always comes back in money. And we define money as being able to, you know, grow, buy new locations, do all those things. I mean, Beacon, in the year we've been here, we've moved into two, we've expanded into two locations. We just got this beautiful brand new office in Reno, and we got this beautiful office now in in Anchorage in one year. And it was a transfer of just going and helping more people. And it, it was helping two different types of people, right? The, the team that we had, the current team we had taking care of them, but then also our clients. And I look at it from a servant type of life. Like, I believe that every employee on our team, they that I work for them, they don't work for me. And just like our clients, I work for them. You know, They don't work for us, you know, and that type of thing. And it changes your entire intrinsic motivation about how you go about work. That was the mic drop. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't mean to. I dropped my pen because <laughs> if you couldn't tell by the movement and stuff, I got some serious ADD. So uh, I apologize for that. No, I, I would have never guessed actually knowing you for the last little while. But Ken, that was a great way to end this conversation. I know we can talk for like another three hours, um, <laughs> but we'll have to do this again. Uh, but thank you so much. I love this conversation about business marketing, leadership, how everything is intertwined and how really like every, we just have to stop overthinking it. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest message we can take away from this conversation. So, so thank you. You're welcome. I'm glad to be here.